Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. slow clap thing. Hello! Hello! It is the 11th of September, 2013. This is episode 127 of the Skeptic Wire. I am a host, Gary Law, and with me, this, or I am with this week, because <laughs> I wasn't here last week, uh, Greg Brine. I have absolutely nothing funny to say. Excellent. And Donald Swafford. I'm not really here. This is just a simulacra. I hear you can get that on adamandeve.com. Okay, we got that out of the way. We can keep going. (laughs) Nothing funny to say, he says. Says he. All right. Um, Everybody's weak? Fine? Good. (laughs) You're back from the abyss of grad school for at least this week. I have popped my head up, yes. It's just been busy. Oh, hey, you know what? Uh, wasn't mentioned. What wasn't mentioned was how how the film did in the forty eight hour film project. Oh well, we won best director, best use of prop, which was a trophy, and we used it a lot. A lot. <laughs> best use of character, which was Olivia Nickleby illustrator, and in our case, it was an eight year old who drew our storyboards <laughs> and used the line "Fuck Andy, why am I here." <laughs> Which happens to be... The line that we had to use, as well as winning audience favorite, which is actually the award that I was most excited to win. Excellent. Congratulations. Thank you. Unfortunately, right now, because we are still re-editing it for another film festival, it's not going to be up right now. So as soon as it's ready, we can post it. Because we have another film festival that wants it really badly sweet <laughs> awesome well congratulations thank you all right uh what else we got going on i'm i'm king of segways today uh we got a <laughs> yes <laughs> we got a nice piece of viewer mail from one of our listeners who yes i said viewer mail and then listener who first started listening to us right after tam uh 2013 this year and so that means what that was that that was about mid-July. Okay. And she, this is obviously September 13th, so about two months later, huh. she just finished listening through to episode 126. Just finished. <laughs> just. That's 127 episodes. Six. Well, plus the... <laughs> Five. Ex- Five, probably. The extra TAM episode where the, the <laughs> first year I, w- I went, and and then there was the um, a couple interview episodes that we plugged in there. So wow. that's... That's lots of hours of listening, and that's, that's, that's kind of scary. Actually, that's a marathon. So yeah, it's like ultra marathon. So if if you're just getting started with the podcast, maybe you heard of us from you know Skeptic Action last week, where we kind of cross pimped each other or something like that. If you really <laughs> buckle down to what cross pimped, <laughs> yes, don't cross the pimps. <laughs> we pimped them on our show by bringing Susan on, and Susan. Talked about us and pimped our show ah. by mentioning us on her skeptic action feed. Gotcha. And look, here I've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> but 
So, listener, if you really buckle down and make it your life's effort, you can finish all our episodes in life's about effort. two months. I'm actually surprised she didn't stop listening after the first Christmas episode. <laughs> that that will live in infamy, but uh, people seem to enjoy it enough to not run away screaming. That's the important yeah. thing. So, what did you like? Hypnotize her or something? No, we, I just hung out with her and her husband for uh, I think it was. Sunday night, Saturday night, just hanging around by the outside the Del Mar, talking and and just chatting, getting to know someone you just met. Cool. It's two someones I just met. They That's you know cool. really liked the the podcast and and gave us an, a positive review on iTunes, which is really Woo-hoo! cool. Uh, you know, likes that we're low key and that she called us a relaxed alternative to the SGU, <laughs> which makes me think like we're all adult, adult contemporary radio station. <laughs> That'll be our next shirt. But We're the adult contemporary <laughs> station of podcasts. The adult contemporary skeptics. <laughs> You're listening to the adult contemporary zone. <laughs> but in, in, enjoyed things like the song challenge. She likes different aspects of her different musical personalities. And she enjoys the new segment that we started up a couple weeks ago, Whack a Meme. A little creeped out by the whole clown theme song that Gary put yeah, together. Yeah. <laughs> So work on that, Gary, to make it even more creepy. <laughs> yes, in the back, I'm going to put... <laughs> <laughs> and then low laughter. And it in- encourages us to make more skeptical rants. <laughs> so Sweet. Thank you for your feedback, Amanda, and keep listening. Please! <laughs> for the love of all that's holy and the flying spaghetti monster. And for those who monster. aren't listening to us, come on, what's your problem? <laughs> How are they going to know? I've that? been reading The Secret, so I'm just putting the idea out there. <laughs> oh, sir. I don't know what that ah. means. All right. Mm. He's been away from <laughs> the podcast you. too long. Thank you, Amanda. Uh, do we have a birthday? Why? Yes, we do. Yay. All right. This person is alive. Yay. For now. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really certain how to respond to that. For Keep now. Keep going. Um, this person's last yeah. name means the lion. Okay. Uh, in what language? <laughs> I'll, I'll give that clue as things go along. Okay. Um, this person has been in the news quite a lot recently. Uh, uh, under, under what category of stuff? Um, not a lot of people want him to keep the job he started in 2000. Huh. Originally, he went to medical school. And has a medical degree and then went to London to learn to be an ophthalmologist. But after his brother died, he had to come home and be involved in the family business. Is he Middle Eastern, perhaps? Yes, he is. Bashir al-Assad. Yes, he is. Congratulations, Donna. You got it right. Wow. He's the president of Syria. Ah. Yep. His, his, <laughs> his father. That's a country. Is, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, Gary, it is. <laughs> Why so serious? I'm not. Yeah, I'm going to cut that out. That was just bad. I'm the one doing the editing this I, week. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> His father took over Syria in around 1970 after a revolution. Did we support him in that revolution? I, I don't know for sure. And it's part of the reason why I decided to pick him for the skeptical birthday of the week, because there's a lot of stuff going around about 
him and his regime and what should be done. And, and there's a lot of just hyperbolic kind of thoughts and, and not fully researched ideas going around, especially in something as severe as discussion of military interaction. Are they using weapons? Are they not? We don't know because that's way over there. Yeah. So people who don't know are making wild assumptions and are basing either blogs or policies and everything in between on not having all the information. So uh, even in things like politics and international relations, you have to include some skepticism. But yeah, there's not much else to say about him except that, like I said, he is alive. I assume he will continue to be alive for a while, but uh, a lot of people don't like him right now. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, people just go with whatever they hear or read on the Internet specifically or, say, on certain news organizations, which don't always... I don't know what I'm saying. Well, that's okay. This just leads us into our next segment. Which is... Wait... <laughs> Wackamame! <laughs> <laughs> Things you read on the internet, not entirely being able to trust them. That's the whole point of... Oh, I give up. Play the music, Gary. Dude, okay. Play that You're doing the editing. Music. I know. <laughs> All right, so what we got? What we got for memes this week, other than Syria? For our first whack a meme, we have one called Situation Alert, and it's talking about how the city of Washington D.C. gave a permit to quote the Million Muslim March for today, but denied a permit to two million bike ride in honor of the heroes and victims of nine eleven. No, I think these are like Harley bike riders, not. Bicycle, ring, ring, bicycle. Right. Motorcyclists. Okay. Not, not, not necessarily Harleys, but probably. Motorcyclists, not bicyclists. Yes. Okay, just wanted to clear that up. Although, yeah. to be fair, motorcycles do have two wheels and are technically bicycles. And go, bring, bring. Yeah. Now, <laughs> let's take a look at this. First off, the Million Muslim March was actually not the Million Muslim March. Its name has been changed to the Million American March Against Fear, and FYI, it's a 9-11 truther organization. <laughs> so the Million Muslim March, even though its name has been changed, and people keep using that name, is neither million nor Muslim. Correct. It does have some prominent Muslims who are basically the voice of it, including people like M.D. Alam, who is a Democratic Party caucus chairman vying for Missouri's next secretary of state, who has, quote, speculated about the Jewish involvement in the September 11th terrorist attacks and participated in an event with a Muslim cleric who has accused Israel of terrorism and alleged that the U.S. invented HIV. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Probably okay. a Holocaust denier, too, not to put words in his mouth, but... Right. Now, we'll go, let's go over to the 2 million bike riders. So everybody is upset that these 2 million bike riders were denied a permit to ride through the streets of Washington, D.C. They were not denied a permit to ride in the streets of D.C. They were denied a permit for a nonstop ride. 
So they had to actually obey all the laws of the road. So yeah, they didn't get like barriers put up and got to go through traffic lights at just one long stream. Right. They just they could ride through DC and honk and go woo. Yeah, because and they're they're uh, law-abiding citizens. Right. So yeah. There's no problem. So instead of taking three hours, it took eight or twelve or however many hours it did because they all had to wait for lights. Oh. Yeah. This is what they're bitching about. Well, mostly it seems to be the people who are truly bitching about it are the Fox News, the Blaze, the World Nut Dailies. All the um, kind of fully wig nut conservative. Yeah, I think even Alex just, Jones was. Yeah, who just about look it, at so. the Million Muslim March approved and stop reading there. Okay. And maybe some of them are 9 11 truthers. Maybe some of them aren't. They just stop. Like, maybe there are people at Fox News who are not 9 11 truthers. It's bound to happen. But they just look at Million Muslim March and stop there. Don't read into it. Don't know it's a, a truther movement. And think, oh, those darn Muslims, they're not Christian, so we hate them. <laughs> and then think, well, these bike riders, they're all patriotic. They all wear American flags on their you know, they're, well, vests. They're, they're, they're patriotic, and they like them when it's convenient. Yeah. Otherwise, they're just scofflaws and horrible people. They like them when they do you know, big kind of Burning Man like festivals, like what's the Sturgis rally? Sturgis. Is that the Sturgis. big thing? That's a big, in yeah. South Dakota. Big but Harley when rally. they're like meth dealers or something, they're not patriotic. So. Yeah, when they're sons of anarchy, they're not liked. When they're <laughs> in a large group celebrating with beer and rock music, it's okay. Well, um, okay. We're recording this in the evening of uh, September 11th. And that means that all of this stuff has transpired already. So what we're talking about is the events leading up to what happened. It turns <laughs> this is kind of sad and funny at the same time. I will find it funny. The uh, Million Muslim March or the Million American March Against Fear uh, <laughs> looks like there were which only is a about horrible, horrible twenty-one acronym. or fifty people that showed up to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whereas the two million biker. Uh, one was probably maybe two million decibels, but <laughs> there are, you know, 3,000, which is quite a few bikers to have in one place, yeah. especially Washington, D.C. Uh, well, so, you know, anytime that you start to see these one million, you yeah, know, so one annoying. million moms, right? you know, it's really, you know, 43,000 behind the Internet, you know? Yeah. At least the Reason Rally never claimed to be a million person Million something. atheist march. Yeah, exactly. So good, good on your Reason Rally promoters. Let's keep it just Reason Rally and not have to yeah. deal with numberage. So this million Americans marching against fear, which is, like I said, a horrible acronym, MAMF. Um, <laughs> it, it's kind of more like Westboro Baptist Church in that it's like they get all this publicity, but it's like 10 guys with 14 signs yeah. each. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. And that's uh, the pictures I'm looking at, which are on HuffPo. Uh, up here, there's two people, there's big signs, and then a placard, and then uh, some protesters against them. Yeah. <laughs> so that's got to that's be a bit disheartening. But at the same time, I think the whole idea was just to get in the news. Because they can't... Yeah. They, First of all, it wasn't well publicized. I mean, you have to publicize outside of Washington, D.C. area, and you have to publicize months in advance for things to happen. You create a little controversy, free publicity. Exactly. 
Where, like, the, the Reason Rally, for example, was pushed at all kinds of skeptical and free-thinking conferences uh, for, for, like, a year. A year, year yeah. and a half. Uh, so, and, and what, there were eventually, what, 40,000 or something like that? Somewhere in that neighborhood, yeah. 30 or 40. Yeah. It was in the tens of thousands. Yes. So we got to say that. But we know <laughs> with the these groups like this that are 9-11 trutherish, even if it's just 40 of them, they're still not going to be deterred. They just keep going and keep going. Well, sure. But the, I guess the other problem with getting truthers out to march on Washington is it, they're kind of a paranoid group anyway. <laughs> and so you're sending them into a place where they're going to get their photograph taken. Yeah. You know, Obama may bomb them. Well, we'll we'll deal more with nine eleven truthers in a little bit. Ah, okay. The 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 end point is essentially these people with this million Muslim march and the the bikers and the whole thing. The meme it's full of shit. Yeah. We also have one other meme that is very interesting. Now, working in the film industry, Apparently I she didn't get the segue. No, I missed it. Sorry. God, you're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Are your ears full of shit? Apparently. <laughs> what would help you if you were full of shit, Donna? Apparently the way you sit on the toilet helps you. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Open that colon right up and let... Oh, shut up. <laughs> Tells so, me a lot more about your personal life than I probably wanted to know. A lot of the people on my Facebook are actors... So I get a lot of weird Facebook postings from people about, oh, we shouldn't be eating gluten and, on, you know, all of these, you know, gluten apparently is responsible for everything. Energy, vegetarianism, kundalinga yoga, yeah. kundalingus yoga, whatever it is. Whatever. Kundalisa rice. <laughs> yes. She has her own brand of yoga now. <laughs> so one of them I got was health alert. You're taking a crap wrong. This is how you poop properly. Hmm. And I was all like, oh, this is perfect for whack meme. How do they know I'm reading Facebook on the shitter? <laughs> hey, don't tell me you guys don't take your phones into the bathroom because everybody else I know does. Yeah. Don't tell you that we don't. Yeah, I know. That I'm was lost a long in the sense. double negative there. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I take my tablet in there. <laughs> Are you still talking about technology or something else? Yes. I leave it up to your imagination. I neither confirm nor deny. So one of the... Sorry, before you say that, of course, women don't poop. So they wouldn't know anything about pooping wrong in the first place. Right, Harpo? Women don't poop. <laughs> um, bullshit. <laughs> you don't poop at all, Harpo. You're a good girl. I've cleaned up after her. <laughs> she poops. Everybody you poops. Have, you have big steaming poops, don't you, Harpo? Yes, you do. Okay. So there's actually some really good science behind what this meme is saying. And the the gist of it is is that apparently when you poop, you should squat rather than sit on the toilet. So there's been a variety of products that have been designed to basically get your feet up. Right. So you bend the legs and pull the thighs in and it helps the puber puborectalis muscle. Which apparently acts as like some sort of sling for your rectum, which just has really bad visions. For I, I've been trying to figure out the physics of this because there's a diagram on the article that Gary posted to our site. Which is an actual physiological diagram from an actual medical textbook. The original meme does get some of their, their, their facts right. What I understand from the diagram, you've got the spine. All right. On, say, your right-hand side, 
and then in the middle is the rectum tube. And okay. then on the left side, the other side, I, I assume somewhere in your hip bones or whatever, there's a U-shaped muscle that's attached and goes around the rectum and then back to your yeah, that's the yeah, your it's, bone. It's, 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 yeah, muscle. it's it's sort of sort of like your fingers clap, uh, clasp around the nozzle of a balloon when you blow it up to okay. keep the keep the air coming out or a kink in a hose. And, sure. And since that muscle is attached on the bone on the front of your legs, I assume, because the right. backbone is on the right side, so this bone that I'm talking about is on the left side where the muscle is actually attached, as you squat, that brings the top of the U up, which relaxes it that loosens, pinching. Right. Yeah, it loosens it up. Okay. Yep. So ideally, your legs need to be at a 35-degree angle to completely relax that muscle. And and it's it's legs, basically thighs up against your chest, yes. not legs out to the side squatting. No. Okay. Which is well, weird. Be, be, no, because that's, in some of the articles I was reading about, they show people not, like, splayed, but, I mean, just to keep not it Not, like, gymnast-level level split, but... yeah. 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 Okay. So, so you're not you're not just curling up in the ball and pooping. So you're you're kind of your your feet are at ten at two, not at yeah eleven like, thirty like, like, like your feet 12. are driving a car. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In, in the old style of of uh, ten and two, not not the new style, which is different, which would be more like a gymnast. Um. And so a squat <laughs> position will actually help release your bowel movements. Okay. So that's the whole gist of it, because. What they have found out is that basically since the toilet was invented in apparently 1535. Well, I did a little research on this today. And yes, the modern flushing toilet was invented in the mid 1500s with the idea of the big water tank up above. You pull the little lever, things flush out. Yes, that was invented then. But the idea of sitting at a toilet, but not squatting. I mean, they're like Roman baths with seats. And outhouses and stuff like that have been around for thousands of years. So Aha. that's the first kind of, well, I'm not sure about the whole idea of how how modern, you know, squatting is versus sitting. Right. Because it, it, it has existed. Right. Seats have existed for many, many millennia. <laughs> Seats. <laughs> and you just cut a hole in the seat and whoop, there you have an outhouse. Yep. Right. But I mean, the, and you the, can read your scroll at the same time, right? But I think what they're talking about, though, is that having an easier way to release the poop. What are the benefits to squatting versus, I guess, a regular sit on the toilet? Hmm. And one of them is is that really it's hemorrhoid prevention. Yes, that's the only that's thing anybody has found that's truly proven. Uh, well, there's the, the the other thing is I think sort of like. On a plane, if you sit too long on the plane, you can actually uh, build up blood or get a clot, and then when you stand up, you can release a clot. That can actually happen on on the toilet as well, because the, the thing about the toilet is a, a normal seat, you're, you're held really by your pelvis, but on, on a toilet, you kind of put your a lot of your weight on your, on your, your muscles th- in your leg, yeah, your yeah. thighs, and so you know, your legs can go to sleep. If you stay on there that too has long. never happened to me. If you stay on the if you stay on the toilet too too long, <laughs> that has never play. happened to me, Gary. <laughs> Donna, please talk now. You're playing Angry Turds. 
jokes. I love them. <laughs> no, I've I've been playing more zombies versus uh, zombie. poops. <laughs> but zombie yeah. versus fiber. <laughs> now I'm imagining the zombies versus plant game with the little slingshot things that are just. The... Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. But apparently, an Israeli doctor named Dov Sikorov. He actually did this really great study where he took several dozen patients and basically asked them to poop in three different positions, one on a 16-inch high toilet, one on a 12, and one squatting over a plastic container. They dropped the condition where they had to poop on a prostitute. Yes. Because <laughs> that's $500 extra and they exactly. didn't want to pay. So he asked his subjects to record how long it took and the rate of effort. And he found that when squatting, subjects averaged a mere 51 seconds, as opposed to the 130 seconds when sitting on the high toilet. Wow. That's, that's, that's uh, pretty good. And this is like the only study that I could find. Well, right. there, there were like three studies. Right. But also, Total. when they moved from sit to a squat, subjects were more likely to rate the experience as easier. Huh. Now, that's just meaning that it, they poop faster. Which, when talking about things like hemorrhoids... You have things like the more you the more you have to strain, the more pressure right. you're putting on the veins that was, would become right, hemorrhoidal. But, but no, what, what you're you're confusing faster with. Wait, they they said it was easier to exactly. poop, which means it came out. But you can still strain. <laughs> True, um, but which might cause a heart attack. It, and that's a big thing about <laughs> Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> That that's really where I was going. Oh, the okay. idea that the if if it's easier and it's faster, it's faster because you don't have to push as much, you don't have yeah. to strain and wait as much. So the the main connection that has been between squatting versus sitting has been if you're squatting, you have less pressure on your abdominals for having to push, which puts less pressure on all the veins in the right. anal region which is what actually leads to hemorrhoids, which is those, those veins become inflamed, I think it is, right. or may start bleeding. Right. Or swollen. Yeah. But also there was actually, piles. There was actually another study with only six subjects where they had a contrast solution and then released the fluid via pooping in either this I got squatting no or sitting that. position while being filmed with x-ray video. And the image analysis showed that the imagine the superpowers those guys must have. <laughs> the image analysis showed that the anorectal angle increased from 100 degrees to 126 as they moved from sit to squat, and that the abdominal pressure found the subjects were straining less than when they squatted. So you know, there's actual science to back the pooping meme up. Yeah. Right. I'm wondering, however, if. If it's not just squatting, but like if you're on the toilet and you just bend over, if that's the same thing. Hmm. I don't know. It mm, maybe it may be part of having being or, more difficult to relax in that position. That that would yeah that because because part of the reason why Donna mentioned the anorectal angle, and that is essentially the angle basically between your spine and that U-shaped muscle that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you kind of make that angle bigger in one side but smaller in the other, that means that the muscle is able to relax, your abdominal is able to relax. Okay. In addition to your anus actually relaxing, which is the second line of defense for your rectum, that 
all that relaxation allows for faster pooping. Hmm. Now, the problem with the whole meme thing is it's always talking about how it's more healthy for you because somehow you're going to evacuate your bowels because you can do it faster Quicker, and easier. Faster, better. That means that you're more evacuated, that you're having less of those toxins in your body. And that mm. goes real close to the kind of the, what is it called? Colonics. Colonics. Thank you. Because <laughs> they'll talk about things like, well, if, if you're able to poop this way, that means you're less likely to get colon cancer or you won't get Crohn's disease, which is actually, I looked it up on Wikipedia. It's more genetically based than mm. how you poop based, uh, you know, stuff like that. And it's, of course, squatting is more natural. Right. Right. Because natural is better. Well. And that's where the meme goes into woo-woo land. Right. And just to throw out a few fun little pooping facts for you that I found. Apparently 1.2 billion people in the world squat simply because they don't have a toilet. While many more in Asia, Middle East, and parts of Europe use toilets specifically designed for squatting. Mm Mm-hmm. The American Standard and Kohler say that the floor-mounted toilets are designed to hold at least 1,000 pounds. Wow. And the American Society for Engineers requires that all wall-mounted toilets be able to hold 500 pounds. Wow. And I got one more. Since Jimmy Carter, who famously apparently had a bout of hemorrhoids, toilets have actually grown in height since then. The average then was 14 inches from floor to rim, and now comfort height toilets tower 17 inches to the floor. So we're... Actually, raising up. Yeah, no, I've I, I I've noticed that, uh, or I should say, I noticed that a couple of times when I start thinking about. It, but I've been to places and like and hotels. Had to, yeah, and hotels suddenly seem it's to just really like, have low toilets. Yeah, and, and then you go to another place and it's like you're basically standing up, and I'm like, I don't like those toilets. Well, there's some people <laughs> I've I've known uh, some people who have had back problems, and they actually get devices to make the seat higher so they're not sitting all the way down. So it's actually even less of a squat for mm. those people because they have to have almost a standing sit because they can't bend over that way. And you'd think someone who has back problems would be need <laughs> more pooping easiness. <laughs> so um, I, I can't imagine a way to help people like that out, except that uh, apparently there's a, a toilet in Singapore or designed by people in Singapore. There's a switch on it that allows it to... I guess a platform or the toilet itself moves up and down to oh, move you idea. to yeah. different possible positions. Um, but if if you're really interested in having the most natural way of pooing, there are several companies out there who will help you out and sell you a product. There's sure. the Squatty Potty. Which is really, uh, the meme that's going around is basically an advertisement for that particular Exactly. One. Which is the most amusing description of its product is that is a stool in front of your bowl. <laughs> <laughs> There's nature's platform, which is basically a thing you put around your toilet to make nature's it platform. nature's platform where you grow make a tree. it squatty. Yeah. Uh, there's in lieu the lily pad, the evacu toilet converter, all sorts of stuff that you can buy. Uh, do they have the three shells? <laughs> <laughs> that must be an optional attachment. <laughs> right. For those of you who don't remember that, that was uh, Demolition Man, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Or time cop? No, it was demolition. No, time, it, was, yeah. it was the one with the. Um, <coughs> it's Schwarzenegger. No, I, I, Stallone. 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 Yes. Yeah. Anyway, I looked at you because you listened to that. How does it made podcast? Right. And Which they is know where they I did that recently. <laughs> but that's really all we have about poop, I guess. Thank goodness. <laughs> exactly. 
Well, that. What? What? Nothing. Gary, tell me now. Are you scared? Ooh. No. Hey. No, no. Not at all. Poop. <laughs> <laughs> well, do we have? Uh, do we have any ghost stories? Any anything about ghost stories in the news this week? Actually, there's been a couple of uh, a few you different. You know one of them, don't you? Yes, actually. Well, this was a, a side note that I made when we started talking about these ghost stories. Was that a really good friend of mine? She was dating this guy, and apparently, this guy was just the biggest klutz in the world. <laughs> um, and he fell from a fifth story window. Like the fifth? window was yes. Onto a, basically a, a fence spike. Oof. Oh, ow. And he survived. Spent several months Clumsy in the hospital. Clumsy lucky at the same time. It, it happens to villains in, in the action movies where it sure. looks like they're dead having been paled on a fence, but they come back alive with a machine gun and the hero has to shoot them one last time. Yep. Well, or they in, go to jail. In this case, me and my friend were hanging out one night and we decided to do one of the ghost tours of San Antonio. Those are so much fun. I've been on one of those. (laughs) And as we're walking, this guy points out, oh, yeah, this is the spike where the guy fell out of the window and he died. And, oh, if you're careful, you can hear his voice. (laughs) And I'm looking over at my friend and my friend's looking at me and I'm like, are you still dating that guy? And she's like, yeah, I'm still dating him. (laughs) Did you say anything to the tour guide? No, I just was like, wow. Uh, I mean, that just screams to basically yell. Um, actually, she's dating him. Did, He's did, still did, alive. Was, was everybody quiet and you can hear that line from Hot Fuzz? This really hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so, this is That's just hilarious. one of those things. I love that movie, though, too. Yeah, no, but the, the fact that you're actually on this ghost tour with someone who's... <laughs> Yeah, like, I was just like, just looked at her. She was just like, she just. That's why if if you're gonna do like a ghost tour, ghost story kind of thing, go back at least hundred years. Yeah, because first that makes it a little bit more antiquey, creepy, making people think that there have been visitations for a hundred years. And there's always old kind of horrible horror stories of someone from the Civil War getting their leg sawed off and they died anyway, and they didn't get to write home to Marge or whatever, and. You can invent this whole story like I just did. Right. And it's a lot easier to not debunk it, if that non-double negative makes any sense, if if it's made out of whole cloth and is really old, because there's no supporting documentation from way back when. Exactly. But apparently in Memphis, this guy robbed a bank, and he was being chased by police. Fairly recently. Crashed his van, and instead of surrendering, he took his own life. So this paranormal investigator has been asked to come in to look at the area where this bank robber died because people are claiming to see the spirit of the bank robber. And according to him, suicides often produce ghosts. Of course they do. Because it's science. Right. Because it wasn't a planned event. He did it in the spur of the moment. And that's a lot to deal with. And it takes time. Because it's science. No, this is what the... Yeah. As, as according to Mike Epspinvenger, whatever the hell you pronounce his I'm name, Spanger. of the Memphis Paranormal Investigators and Grief Counselor. <laughs> well, you'd think he'd go out to where the ghosts are and counsel them and allow them to go to the other side. I guess. Is right. that the whole thing? But I, two, I guess two of the people who live in the area have said, 
I haven't been looking, but I will probably see it now that it's in my head. Exactly. <laughs> I am the paranormal investigator has now primed these people to if they see anything weird, it's got to be a ghost. Right. My, and the my... other one said, "I haven't seen him, and I sit out here quite a bit too. Haven't seen him or heard him." Yeah. <laughs> Just remember, believing is seeing. Yeah. The unfortunate part is the article from WREG.com on this Memphis suicide, bank robber, ghost kind of stories. It's a stupid little fluff piece. Of course, it's full of credulity. It doesn't have any, almost, I mean, there's like one line of skepticism at the end. Like, if ghosts are real, they must follow all these rules or some stupid thing like that. But the thing they that really, really bothers me about this article is I've noticed reading stories for this podcast a lot recently that there are some local news outlets that they're News stories are just a series of one-sentence paragraphs. Yeah. It's horrible writing. That. I fucking hate There's, that. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's bad enough when you have stupid typos because it's just their web version. But it's just lazy writing. There's no... Like, I, I'm a bad writer. <laughs> I, I never got A's in English class in high school. I got B's like A- minuses or something like that. And I could write a better story than this. It's just a f- series of one-liners. Yeah. End rant. Give, give, give us an example. For example. From her front door, McGarren has the perfect view of the corner of Walnut Grove and Perkins. She has yet to see the ghost. I mean, what time of day, she asked. Paragraph. Right, so, so they... <laughs> A shadowy figure that you can see through, Mike Explorer, owner of Paranormal Investigation, said. It's just complete exactly. non-sequiturs. One thing is, like, you write the sentence, go, well, that's all I can think of to say about that. <laughs> You should at least have two or three sentences in a paragraph. That's what I was always told. Each paragraph has like a uh, subject. It should actually and... have five because it yeah. should have your Eight subject through. sentence, sentence of support, sentence of support, sentence of, sentence of support, conclusion. But if you have a little fluff piece like this, at least three sentences. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, but if they did that, it wouldn't take up the entire page. And so you could actually read it without staying too... Uh, too long on that page. It would make even less sense if they were all kind of jumbled into <laughs> bigger paragraphs. But it's easier to read. But I kind of got off on the point. Yeah. So I'm actually going to bring us over to England for a quick little topic. England! I'm just doing random stereotypes. Sorry, Richard. <laughs> Shrimp on the bobby, mate. Not even England. England. However, uh, populated by English criminals. Yes. One of them, which is Uri Geller. Ow. So there's a fun little story in, where is it? Uh, Sonning Berkshire, or Berkshire. I don't know how they pronounce things over there. I don't know. They say aluminium. I mean, come on. One of the bridges across the river... You're just going to piss our British listeners off, because we actually do have some. I think they, because of the way they they mangle the English language. By actually pronouncing every letter? Oh, my well, God. Not, well, aluminium. No, that's wrong. So they probably call it Berkshois or something like that. Oh, that'd be French. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who else can we piss off? <laughs> Let's go for the Germans. Mexicans, go for it. <laughs> I got nothing. Okay. Right now. So out in Berkshire, there's a sonning bridge which crosses the River Thames. Apparently a mysterious facade of a post office box 
has been mounted to one of the supports for this bridge. Okay. So you, your, your traditional idea of a river crossing bridge in England or whatever, which is kind of a stone bridge with arches. All right. So one of the legs that holds up the arch has, has a post office box facade on it now. Okay. Most people in the area think it's some kind of performance art or something because there was some local inn or something that it got attached to for several months and got taken down and now it was up, put up on this bridge. And it's an old bridge, so it has to cover planning authority to be put up. Or it, So it, it's going to get taken down. It's probably some silly little performance art thing because it's not a functioning post office box. It's right. just the front of it. But apparently the illusionist and entertainer, Uri Geller, um, <laughs> because he lives in the area, people were interested in his opinion on the thing. And sure. true to form, he doesn't say anything like, oh, well, it's probably some performance art piece. Isn't that neat? Uh, he is quoted as saying, this is a very unusual village. There are many sightings of a child ghost that walks on the bridge. Maybe it was the ghost of a mischievous little girl. I've never seen anything like this anywhere in the world. It's a new one to me. You've managed to make Uri Geller sound sillier than he actually does. <laughs> I'm impressed. Color me impressed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, come on. I mean, I don't know if it's just being attention-grabbing well, sure. guy I mean, he's, or whatever, he, but... He's a media hound. I mean, yeah. he needs... He has a requirement inside of himself... Or maybe it's the ghost that, that actually controls his movements that needs to be in front of the <laughs> in front of the camera and, and be popular, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so why you would ask him? It's sad, and there's not much more to it because there's no. I mean, it's it's like the 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 ghost story in Memphis. Maybe if someone even does see something out of the corner of their eye. How do you know it's this bank robber guy? How do you know it's this mischievous little girl? I, yeah. How do you know it's not a guy in the attic knocking? That's another good one, too. Why don't you tell us about a story that involves something kind of exactly like that, Donna? Apparently there was a psychic-slash-paranormal investigator, but he's giving up on the paranormal investigation and strictly concentrating on his abilities as a medium now. Because he has been accused by a guest and a hotel owner of basically planting a guy up in this attic to ooh, help him find the ghost. <laughs> and the guy sits in the, so sits awesome. in the attic and knocked. So, know, so let's, let's create a little kind of skeptic dinner theater. We'll create the scene. Uh, um, so I'm Chris, the night guider, Dale. Date. Sorry. And I'm walking my, so follow me folks. We're in this, uh, where are they? They're in a barn. <laughs> you know, there's various animals in the barn or something like that. Moo. Moo. Clock. Coo. All right, now, if you'll be careful, be quiet, we might be able to hear our ghosts. Ghosts, Ooh. if you hear me, knock three times. Oh, my God, there's a ghost. Let's leave. Right. <laughs> so what happened is, is that the... That was, that was you kicking the door. No, it wasn't. <laughs> So, so, yeah, he walks outside. Oh, oh, we're walking outside. Clump, 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 clump. And the hotel owner and another guest basically hung out, and they saw this guy jump out of the attic. And, you know, they were like, basically, what are you doing here? Um, and the guy basically 
claimed to be homeless, insisted he had nothing to do with the spooky sounds. However, the ghost hunt <laughs> guest noted that the homeless man was wearing designer jeans. Was it Amber... Ab, 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 Abercrombie and Fitch? You want to try a, that again? <laughs> was it Abercrombie and Fitch? I don't think so. He didn't really specify the designer. Oh, because if it was uh, the Finch guy, um, he, he could have actually been given that right. from some uh, social... Butterfly. People. Yeah. Okay. Those people. But the this <laughs> medium slash former paranormal investigator has... I've got some quotes from him. It was nothing to do with me because that is one of the reasons that I left. I take what I am doing very seriously. It was a ghost tent. No mediumship was promised. It was a fun ghost tour around the hotel. The knocking did not sound like what I am used to. I said on several occasions that it was odd. The noise is too extreme. I have got a very good track record, and it's disgusting because I would never do that. <laughs> yep. There's a, that's Don't a lot of fun. protest too much. And and just today, over on this southwales.co.uk, there's a bit of a follow-up story. Yeah, we're basically, he's all like, um, I'm leaving the ghost hunting business. Yeah, and, and he does a lot of, you know, after like the million-dollar challenge and someone fails, they always start spouting excuses and stuff like that. He, you know, it's a lot of things like, oh, if you have accusations against me, you just, you have to have something to back it up. You can't just accuse me. Um, <laughs> you mean but, like a guy jumping out of an attic? Yeah, something like that. Right. If you, I believe that you are innocent until proven guilty. If you are that skeptical, do your own thing and don't spoil it for someone else. Except for the fact that it's not fucking true, dude. Yeah. Well, it sounds like he's getting I love out. how people use skeptical as a... As well, yeah. yeah, it's pejorative. Thank you. That's oh, I hate people. And and the the one line from this follow-up article that I that I really really liked is, "There's all this stuff going on in Syria, and people are getting gassed, and all the headlines are all about me." He's happy. No, he he. Apparently, no, this is what he's using as a defense. But no, not all the headlines are about you, Mister Date. <laughs> you egotistical bastard. Yeah, so he's probably getting out because of all the competition. Could be. Which appears to be a problem with ghost hunting groups, and especially television shows, because there's too many of them. Uh, well, that's why the Bigfoot thing, well, besides the fact that I never find anything. <laughs> but, yeah, it, ghost hunting shows are having to fight for funding and fight for over the few scraps of haunted places that there are these days. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing. I'm I'm glad that the you know, with luck they'll just all go away. But probably, I mean, probably not. It's a big yeah, fad, will, and it but... will kind of ebb down. But it'll probably still stick around because it's cheap to make. Oh yeah, and yeah, because it... you you only need what three to five people. Yeah. Well, and two or three people faking things around them. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but you can You know what them. gets me is is that some of the people like on the ghost hunting tours that I've seen and everything else. These people, not the ghost hunters, but the people who are doing the tour or who have invited the ghost hunters in, they really, truly, fundamentally believe it. Yeah. Generally speaking, that's true. And and now that we have the TV shows on everywhere all the time, they know all the jargon. Yeah. And they feel like they know all about yeah. ghost hunting because oh, they can talk about cold, cold spots or orbs or whatever. Oh, well, I've got an EMF meter or something like that. And 
or EMF. Isn't that a band? It know. is a band, but yeah, there, there are uh, electromagnetic okay. frequency meters. Okay, good. Yeah. I got something right. But you know, they I wave around keep... some infrared reader and assume that yeah. they know the about Ghostbusters. Thinking the one from Ghostbusters that goes where? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but interesting enough, I mean, in San Antonio, every night there's something like three to five ghost tours every single night yeah mm-hmm. so you have to you know meet by the podium or you meet you know next to the podium or <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're they're everywhere and i guess i would say the next time that groupon has one for sale we should all go yeah yeah well i i did a, a groupon <laughs> was a lot well I, t- I talked about it, it was like that what last year something anyway. like that I know. Let's uh, let's call Amanda and see when I did that because they're all fresh in her brain. <laughs> well, uh, we're we're talking mainly out of this article that was posted on CNN.com called "Ghost Hunters Haunted by the New Terror: Their Competition." Yeah, and the it was they start killing each other. So that once, <laughs> they, they yeah, once you get other. past the idea of the Schadenfreude of enjoying the ghost hunters kind of eating themselves hoarding the experiences that they do find for themselves so they can tr- maybe use it for their demo reel or something like that and fighting each other and calling right. each other fakes and liars. Yeah. That's all fun. But the interesting part is once you get back, past that to follow what these ghost hunters will really admit either when they're just talking about ghost hunting in general or in accusing the other ghost hunters will say, well, they're doing it wrong, but I do it really scientifically. Yeah, You get things like they talk about how most of the time when they do any ghost hunting investigation, most of the time they don't find anything. Right. And all of that ends up on the cutting room floor. They do entire investigations where there's nothing there. There's nothing spooky. There's no no chair moving, no oh, what's that moment or anything like that. And that doesn't become an episode. Well, so Yeah, because well, it's not good television. Yeah, so the only thing people see on TV is people constantly finding ghosts everywhere. Yeah. And get the skewed idea of there must be ghosts everywhere. It's like... When uh, Third Encounters of the uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind came out, and everybody started seeing UFOs everywhere. <laughs> Third Encounters of the Close Kind. <laughs> We're not talking about pooping anymore, Gary. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and of course, we have this whole seven-page article about how these poor ghost hunters, how they're there's only so many ghost investigations to go around. Sometimes they're investigating each other's houses or the people who don't know what they're doing are bringing the ghost home with them. This is a seven page article and about like half a page is dedicated to talking about Joe Nickel never finding anything (laughs) in 50 years of investigating ghosts. And it's just typical token skepticism that's just left out and saying, all right, but let's go back to these ghost hunters. They must be finding something. Yeah, and that, that's one of the things about all of these ghost hunters is, generally speaking, they claim to be doing science and trying to figure, but what's published? If they're doing science, they should publish it Yeah, somewhere. Win a Nobel Prize. Yeah. Win the Randy Million Dollar Challenge. If you can prove something paranormal is happening yeah, that you can reproduce. Right. Exactly. If going into a building and saying, are you there? Talk to us, actually produces results. I think that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, walking around with a multimeter and then watching it twitch. Yeah, that's yeah. not um, science. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool, though. So, of course, with all of this competition, you know, they really have to drum up business. Speaking about drumming. <laughs> well, we all know who Mickey Hart is. No, we don't. 
I happen to know who he is. In fact, I have a couple of his books on drums. Very cool. So he is, um, he is actually born also today, September 11th in 1943. So he's 69 years old or no, 70. Good gracious. Yes. He was a drummer for the Grateful Dead. Yes. That's one of the two drummers that the Grateful Dead had. Yes, exactly. Most famous for that, but he has also done a lot of work on ethnomusicology. He's worked with the Smithsonian and the Folkways, you know, music archiving kind of to prevent lost sounds and stuff like that. He's gone to lots of different countries and recorded uh, native drumming and native music. Exactly. Brought it back, as you say, for the Folkways uh, series. Exactly. And um, written books on percussion and and really got into things like music therapy, mainly because in the 1980s, one of his grandmothers was basically declining into dementia or Alzheimer's, whichever it was, for a while just became nonverbal. And the story goes that he was once visiting his grandmother and brought in a drum and started just beating out a soft, gentle rhythm. And she kind of came out of it and said, Mickey. And said it a couple more times, but it it kind of brought her a little bit closer to herself. Maybe it was just kind of the emotional connection of a drum that reminded her of her grandson. Maybe it was something about the rhythm that was able to center her, whatever you want to say. But that got him interested in music therapy. He even, in 1991, he went before Congress to say there are healing values of music therapy um, on things like aging and, and dementia and stuff like that. So he's been really involved in, the, I, I want to say the science of music. The application of music. The application <laughs> of music without being full-on wooey. Now, granted, he is a member of the Grateful okay. Dead, so there's some wooiness in there. There is. In yeah. some of his books, uh, there's, well, they're about history, but he does have a lot of New Age drum CDs and stuff out. Yes. So one of his most recent CDs that um, he put together with his band is called Super Organism, where he worked with neuroscientist Adam Gasly, who's a founding director of the Neuroscience Imaging Center at the University of California, San Francisco. What they did is they put an EEG cap on Mickey Hart's head and showed the, 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 the rhythms of his brain and what was going on there. And he and his band assigned different musical notes to the different rhythms and essentially incorporated that into the new album that they put together, Super Organism, which is kind of a neat kind of a little wooey, but, you know, just kind of using technology to expand science a little bit more. The first thing it reminded me of is Mr. Holland's opus, where Mr. Holland's, his, his deaf child, can't experience the music that he's been teaching like these 40 years in this high school. But he sets up this big light panel and assigns different lights to different mm. instruments in the orchestra so the son and his deaf kids can experience the rhythms of the music to understand kind of something of the feeling of what's going yeah, well, on. It, of course, and deaf people can feel the, the, rhythm. the rhythm. Yeah, I think it also included big speakers yeah. to amplify it to get the, the vibration thing. So it, it's kind of along those lines. So it's a little kind of just kind of trivialness of... You know, he'll wear the cap during live concerts as well and try to jam with himself. Mm-hmm. So to try to kind of move almost in kind of a biofeedback way his his thought patterns and the rhythms there with the rhythms that he and his band are playing. That's kind of neat, trivial, whatever, but there is some neat science behind it because 
all the brain science that we have from EEGs to MRIs and stuff like that, it's very delayed. The whole idea of like someone on house sitting before a computer and watching an MRI scan across and saying, ah, there's the tumor. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, maybe we're getting more and more t towards that. But especially with the EEGs, the neuroscientist was talking about the fact that, well, we have to take this data and we have to analyze it and sift it and massage it to kind of see what's going on. What might, what rhythm might be kind of dropped somewhere in the brain that is related to something going on. Mm -hmm. But in order to create this live musical performance for Mickey Hart, they've really worked with more graphical computers to try to make the processing power a lot more robust, which can help medical science, which is pretty neat. Sure. But there's also an interesting aspect to uh, jamming along with your own brain in that uh, I think it was it, the last two weeks there was an article in Scientific America about out-of-body experiences and by having, how, what was it, you were watching your heartbeat so you could see your heartbeat and then seeing the graph of the heartbeat and if they changed it, you would have an out-of-body experience. It was something, there were some, some biofeedback mechanisms going on based on the heart rate, and you were looking at an image of yourself, and they would change the image, and when they did that, some weird things would happen in your brain. It makes me think of the whole seasickness phenomenon, yeah. where if you're standing on a deck of a boat, and the boat is going back and forth, but your, your, your inner ear tells you that you're waving back and forth, but you see the boat itself in your orientation is not moving because you are part of the boat going back and forth. Right. So that discordance between the two different senses makes you nauseous. Sure. So the discordance between I know the sensors in my body are telling me that my heart is going bump, 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 bump. Right. But this visual representation is going lump, 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 lump. Yeah. And, and yeah. that just and messes I, I think with there your brain also, There's also a sound associated with it as well, now that, I, now that yeah. you say that. But... Uh, this is kind of the same thing, and, and there's also the the idea of training your brain to it is causing the biofeedback, so you can train like moving uh, a mouse around or a mm -hmm. cursor around on the screen. You train your brain to do that, and so that is what this reminds me of. Is it is another aspect of it, and it can probably cause some interesting mental processes. I right. Suppose. You know, there's there's some talk of Adam Gasly also did a study recently where he took um, older patients, I think their 60s, 70s, and 80s, and had them play a essentially a multitasking video game where they had to drive a car virtually, but also pay attention to signs that popped up. Mm -hmm. And in doing this multitasking video game, they were able to better multitask in their life. And basically kind of that kind of feedback of playing this game and practicing how to think allowed them That's to think thing. better. And the same kind of thing of seeing, okay, something as weird is going on with wave 32 of all these usual waves. Let's try to work on that and target how we sure. deal with our, our rehab kind of thing. Or, you know, it could be dealt with things like that or anything something as simple as like you were saying of an interface for someone who has locked-in syndrome. Yeah. If someone just can't move their brains, their eyes, or anything yeah. like that, if we could get Stephen Hawking talking live again, 
<laughs> by using an EEG type device or something, that's neat science. And okay, great. It's, you know, you've got this guy, Mickey Hart from the Grateful Dead, trying to produce some neat music with it. And collaborating with this scientist, they're making technology better and can hopefully make right. medicine better. Exactly. And that's the thing is, is the technology and then finding different uh, aspects of, of use yeah. for them, which is where the cool stuff is. Yes. All right. Anything to say on that, Donna? No. No. Okay. Too musical topic. I... She doesn't give two shits about Mickey Hart. We're not talking about poop anymore, Gary. I didn't read the Mickey Hart articles. I only read the poop. <laughs> well, speaking of poop, let's go on to the website or website Web of Trust recommendation. All right. And which is it this week? Well, I would think it'd be fairly obvious being September 11th, 2013, what we were going to do. But why? Okay. <laughs> September 11th, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about what really happened. What happened when? <laughs> 12 years ago. I'm, I'm being Hold on. Such a big I guy. know. 12 years ago. Hold on. Okay, so 13. 2001. I was in Dallas. <laughs> I, was I was in D.C. I was in Los Angeles. Okay. And we all woke up that morning to have found that four planes had crashed into several places in the United States. Okay, I was, I was in D.C. and I didn't find out until like after noon. Okay, you had the whole <laughs> driving around Virginia for about 36 hours saga that's on episode. <laughs> <clears throat> but yes, it was a horrible, horrible day. And uh, we know that these planes flew into the, the towers. We know that there were hijackers. And they knew, and we know that because of failures of various systems and the jet fuel or whatever, it caused two of the World Trade Center buildings to collapse and cause a big hole in the Pentagon and a big fiery hole in the middle of Pennsylvania. I, right, but the uh, World Trade Centers didn't cause the hole in the Pentagon. That was caused by no. a plane flying into yeah. it. <laughs> yes. So four planes, three buildings, and a hole in Pennsylvania. Okay. Okay. Well, there, as we all know, as good little skeptics that we are, there are... Chemtrails! Close. <laughs> conspiracy theorists who are called the truthers, who believe uh, that they know the real truth about 9-11. Right. And, and they're skeptics. Right. Yes, they call themselves that. They have every... Because close-minded bigots just doesn't quite have, and, the, and the, have the ring to it <laughs> The fascinating thing about 9-11 conspiracies is you got things like the moon conspiracy where people just think it was faked right. and it is on a soundstage and that's that. 9-11 conspiracies run the gamut of there weren't <laughs> actual planes, it was missiles right. that or, did blow up the towers. Or holograms. Holograms around the, the missiles or there weren't any missiles, there was just a hologram and there were explosives laden throughout the buildings that collapsed. Or, I don't know, lots of other stuff. We, we, we ran yeah. into these people on our very first, first Skeptics Meetup in the Skeptics in the Pub Meetup. Several years ago, yes. Yeah. There are several websites out there that are central clearinghouses for the ideas of, well, what's the real truth on it? So you've got things like 911truth.org, which talks about all the f standard conspiracy theories. Does, does it collect them all, or is it just their particular brand? I'm, I haven't delved that closely okay. into it, but there's a lot of, you know, what's the real story and all the various things. And they'll talk about things like 
Well, I'll, I'll get into it in a second. Yeah. There's also AE911truth.org, which is architects and engineers for 9-11 truth. Uh-huh. So people who are trained as architects and engineers who are convinced that the idea that these two planes fill, laden with jet fuel crashing into the, the World Trade Center towers couldn't possibly have collapsed them. And they don't believe the whatever commission official government story, they feel that there's nanites involved or thermite, thermite plasma. plasma. There's, there were plastic a- explosives because it was a control, controlled explosion. You know, well, all those kind of things. So well, every time that we get into those, you know, the thermite plastic explosion bombs, I just can't help but think of the end of The Rock. You know, that's where immediately where I'm going. You know, I'm waiting for, for Nick Cage to be out there with his two flares in his head going, I handle the truth. I'm mixing up movies, but hey, go for it. Isn't that all the... Presidents, no, the greatest men, the all a few good men. A few good men. Okay, uh, went hey, through several it, films to get to that one. Uh, but there's also rethink nine eleven dot org. Interesting that all of these are dot orgs because dot org is usually associated with the idea of you know you can trust this kind of site. They're not just some dot com. They're a, an organization, maybe usually it's charities or foundations or something like that. Um, so eh, whatever. The main thing about rethink nine eleven is apparently they have a big billboard and bus ad campaign, essentially saying, "Did you know that a third tower fell on nine eleven? Exactly. So yes, a third tower. I think it's World Trade Center seven fell on nine eleven. But they take that one piece of actually valid truth that a lot of people just don't know, that there was this these other buildings that either were damaged or fell completely like Building 7, and they take that to say, well, we got that right, so we must get all this other stuff sure. right. What? So Rethink911.org is also heavily associated with 911truth.org and architects and engineers for blah, blah, blah. And they're a nonprofit, so if you donate to them, it's tax deductible. Well, what, what I like is do? what I like on rethink911.org is nine thousand nine hundred fifty-two people have signed the Rethink 911 International Petition for a new investigation into the destruction of Building Seven and the Twin Towers. Ooh, nine thousand people. That's a lot. But you know, there's, there's also two thousand twenty-one. Architects and engineers have signed the architects and engineers for 9-11 truth petition. Aren't there over like 20,000 Steves that believe in evolution? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who are biologists. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> That's like the Steve project or something <laughs> like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. To refute the idea that so all really the biologists are. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got 9-11truth.org, AE911truth.org, and Rethink911.org, a full three for of... 911 oh, conspiracy actually, websites. I want to add one. Go ahead. Because uh, as I went, as you were going through these, I went through in my little web address and, you know, hit my little reds and everything else. And at the bottom of the last one, they have one for rememberbuilding7.org. It's at the very bottom. Huh. There we go. There's another one for you. Remember? I think we should remember Building 7. Right. I don't think so. It wasn't worth it. <laughs> it was a bitch. 
It's the stubby little vestigial tower next to the two real towers. <laughs> it's like the skin tag of the World Trade Center. Oh, <laughs> poor Building Seven. It's like it's like the Pluto. Of, of... But these nine eleven truthers are the melanoma of the World Trade Center because <laughs> they're horrible and are bad. Yeah, but probably not growing. But must be treated. Like any conspiracy theorist, <laughs> they're really hard to get rid of. Yeah. So they're particularly malignant. Yeah. That metaphor has just gone off the rails. So. It, it has. But it, it falls under the uh, whole, uh, What I, I can't remember where I read this, but uh, jacking off, uh, just asking questions. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. So one last oh, thing about this whole web of trust rating thing. Go ahead. Take a couple seconds on each website and rate it after you've looked at it for a minute or two so you know how you want to rate them. But apparently Web of Trust has changed around how to do the ratings. We'll have more on that next week because we're going to bring our skeptic action friend Susan Gerbic back on the show next week to discuss kind of how Web of Trust has changed around a little bit. And we'll talk about some more Web of Trust recommendations for a website or website next week. Sweet. All right. So I guess... But I guess it's up to you, Gary, to wrap us up and send us Do we have to wrap home? it up? Okay. Um, Unless there's some other poopy story you want to talk yeah, about. Have, some I other no piece other, of I shit have, that no. we need to address. I got no more shit. He's in grad school. He doesn't have time for shit. That's right. <laughs> he doesn't have time for shit. <laughs> Depends on where you put the emphasis. Exactly. Just make sure it's not on the wrong syllable. Yes. All right, what did we learn this week? We what? learned to use what? our inside voice. What? No, oh. I like the outside voice. I can't do both at the same time. I will just speak in the microphone. What did we learn this week? We learned that people listen to the show. Yay! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Thank you for letting us know that you listen to the show. We really enjoyed that. We learned that the son of a guy who took over a country isn't well-liked. But it's his birthday today. But it's his birthday. Happy birthday. Someone probably likes him. Happy birthday. United States didn't missile you. <laughs> no, we're just selling arms to your rebels. Right. Uh, we learned that marching Muslims use new math, as do bikers who apparently don't like marching Muslims. We learned how to take a poo. And we learned how to talk about taking a poo. We hope Which you is enjoyed to that. giggle entirely through the whole thing. <laughs> We learned that ghost hunters are gradually turning into the Donner Party. <laughs> yeah, cannibalism. I, I got that. Okay. That was that was chuckle worthy. Exactly. We learned that Mickey Hart is hoping to get Grammy gold with his polyrhythmic EEGs. He has a couple Grammys already, and and he's pushing the boundary of science. So yay in technology. Yay. We learned that nine eleven truthers need to learn how to poo better. And that pretty much sums up what we did this week. We talked a lot of shit. <laughs> That's pretty much the whole theme of no, our podcast. No, I think we just did a lot of shit talking. Yeah, okay, there you go. Uh, so this thank- podcast is shit. <laughs> <laughs> this particular one, absolutely. So thank you for joining us this week. Uh, thank now, you, Greg. And Don are what? you saying this is the shit as in it's terrible, or this is the shit as in, oh my God, greatest podcast ever? Actually, both at the same time. Wow. wow. That's like... He's like using his dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> and by not sticking it where it's not supposed to go. 
Yeah, it was. It was. I was trying to construct something there. Dictionary. And I just couldn't get force the joke in there. I guess that's why I didn't easily get it, enough. I, I don't have one. I didn't have the brain Sorry. lube until able to get force that dictionary joke into the whole poop shoot thing. I got. I got gotcha. you. I'm sorry. No, you're not. No. <laughs> All right. So thank you for joining us this week. We're happy to have been here. I'm happy to have been here. Hope to be here next week. And thank you, Greg and Donna. Thank you, thank you. Gary and Donna. Thank you, Greg and Gary. And Harpo. And Not thank Harpo. you, kind listener. Dear listener. Now it's time to say, say goodbye. goodbye. Bye. 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 The Skeptic Wire Podcast. I have to pee. <laughs> That's staying in it. That's like last thing. I have to pee. Could have been funnier if he said, "Well, I gotta take a shit now." Well, now you know how. <laughs> well, I do, but I think I can wait till I get. Plus, riding on the motorcycle really kind of loses. <laughs> <laughs> A motorcycle rider is never constipated, but is constantly in fear of diarrhea. Yeah. The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the Podposted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. talking about though is that having an easier way to release the poop people which I think I think is an honorable thing to, to do and is the next theme of our song challenge release the poop <laughs> sort of like release the crack <laughs> release the crappin <laughs> is it's Cthulhu it's Cthulhu <laughs> One of the nether gods. <laughs> I could hate you. <laughs> Donna really missed you, Gary. But that is a lovely shade of red you're turning, Donna. <laughs> Would you like a combo? <laughs> trying to offer her your tiny little <laughs> cylinder. <laughs> it's filled with cheesy goodness. <laughs> Which will not help you poop. So imagine the colon is the the outside of the combo and the cheesy filling If you put a rubber band around the combo, that's the uh puborectalis muscle and if I I puborectalis <laughs> Yeah, Pubo okay. Rectalis. I, yes. I, I still think the uh, the finger analogy works works the best fun on that one. Just personally, but well, no. Eh. You're obsessed with fingers in the anus, so 
You're the one that was talking about biting the anus in half and releasing the poop. Biting? <laughs> I said rubber band. <laughs> oh, because I'm about to eat a combo. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you sucking out the cheesy goodness? <laughs> That's getting really disturbing, Gary. Where the fuck were we? <laughs> well, what we were talking about was what are the benefits to squatting versus, I guess, a regular sit on the toilet. And one of them is is that, really, it's hemorrhoid prevention. So there's the Sonning Bridge, which crosses the, the River Thames. Um, Thames. Thames. <laughs> years I've ever watched Dr. Fucking Who! <laughs> Let's go by the Thames River! Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> it's famous. And there's that, the, the, I mean, there's that logo from, it was Big like... Bean? <sighs> there was like the logo of like the reversed picture of the Thames River and... Oh. So there's the Sawing Bridge which crosses a river. The Thames, perhaps? That's So in Berkshire, there's the Sonning Bridge, which covers the River Thames. <laughs> and it's probably pronounced Berkshire. <laughs> that was five minutes ago, Donna. We're dealing d- with this pronunciation. <laughs> what do you mean, Thames? But yeah, but she had to yes. think about it for that length of time. So, What is it? The River Thames. 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 T-E-M-S. Thames, God, stupid Greg. Thames. So if you get, take a Tums right now, you can get across the Thames. IT. <laughs> and apparently, sometime recently, a mysterious um, orb. No. Um, Ghostly of, figure. Spirit. Specter. Can of spam. No. 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 Uh, okay. Honestly, not interested in anything right now. I can tell. <laughs> hey, I was very animated tonight. Except when we started talking music and neuroscience. I, I, I didn't really have anything to add I, between the two of you. I am. I, I get it. And we are and obviously I, I very was reading the thing as you guys were talking Talkative going along. and interrupty. I was We reading... always just try to talk over you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I understand. I was Never let you get a word in edgewise. Let me see if I can get through this in one go. If I can read my handwriting. <laughs> it's exactly how it looks. <laughs> there you go. Woof. Clock. So like... I I am a gay and this many oh my god. <laughs> and it wasn't what's the what's the mu- muscle you're supposed to stretch correctly in order to poop better than your your strain puyo? <laughs> your puodenum? I don't know, that article is on the floor already and I'm not gonna go get it. Not for a bad poop joke. Uh wait, you you fling it on the floor there? Yes. <laughs> I am a monkey. Once I am done with something, I fling it on the floor. <laughs> it's right. Or against the wall, or at some people I hate. 
<laughs> Sometimes people I like. Yeah. There you go. You got a little something on the... What? Yeah. It's poop. <laughs> My gift to you. <laughs> I'm confused now. I just said that I throw people... Throw shit oh, at people. Yeah, yeah, and I okay. said, oh, you got a little something still there. Uh, and a little okay. something it something on poop. The... And it's much funnier when I explain it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so fecal. Fecal jokes. Fecal. The, the, the fecally remains... I thought fecal matter was remains. The fecal finger of fate. That was the fickle finger of fate. A oh, fecal fate. <laughs> Not in my life so far. It's pretty much the fecal finger of fate. <laughs> Is that the one that tickles your prostate? <laughs> You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. 